This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest is considered the greatest nose tackle of the 3-4 defensive era and has a bust in Canton to prove it. Curly Cole played alongside another Hall of Fame tackle, Buck Buchanan, in the 4-3 scheme of the Kansas City Chiefs, then was traded to Houston in the mid-1970s. Bum M. Phelps was implementing his 3-4 scheme there and moved Curly to nose, where he became a force-winning NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1975 with 11.5 sacks. Curly was voted to five Pro Bowls in his 14-year career and received his bust in Canton in 2013. And today, well, today he is joining us. Curly, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Curly, you were an NCAA wrestling champion at Arizona State. I know NFL yeah. scouts' favorite players who, along the interior lines, have wrestling backgrounds. So how did your experience on the wrestling mat benefit you in your football career? You know, I, I think there are certain elements for success on the wrestling mats that may be helpful on the football field. And what comes to mind is the quickness, agility, leverage, and footwork, I think, necessary to become the best athlete on the mat on any given time. So I think all of these factors could be transferred to the game of football to enhance interior line play. Funny, it's uh, Fred Smarlis, you know, who was another nose tackle course. He was a wrestling champion, too. He says the same thing, that uh, yeah, real wrestling absolutely. really. Uh, translated to, to that position. You know, Clark pointed out that you played tackle in the 4-3 and also, of course, uh, nose tackle in the 3-4. Which was more challenging for you, and which did you prefer playing? Well, that's an easy question to answer, given the fact that, you know, I played left tackle for the traditional 3-4 alignment compared to the nose tackle position covering the center in a 3-4 defense. You know, the responsibilities are rather different in the sense of the number of offensive linemen you have to manage once the ball is snapped. So in the 3-4 alignment, your activities generally involve the athlete in front of you and occasionally a down block from that uh, from the t- from the offensive uh, end. But in the 3-4 alignment, you, you engage the center as your first responsibility. But occasionally you are double-team or triple-team, and sometimes you even get a block from the tight end. So I, I would say that the 3-4 alignment is over overwhelmingly probably the, the, the worst position to play. <laughs> we're, we're speaking with Hall of Fame defensive tackle yeah, Curly Cope, yeah. who played the worst position you have to play on the defense on the Talk of Fame Network. Yeah, it's, very, it's very demanding to say the least. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Um, anyway, you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com, um, or you can find us on Twitter at Talk of Fame Net. And Curly, uh, you picked up a Super Bowl ring with the 69 Chiefs in their final oh. game ever played by an AFL team. And that was that twenty-three oh, yeah. to that twenty-three-seven Super Bowl victory over the Vikings. I'm sure you remember that. Um, oh yeah. You had you had five Hall of Famers on that defense, including yourself. Why were yeah. you a two-touchdown underdog? You know, I, I don't know. I, I you know I was very blessed to have been surrounded by great players, and several of them been in the Hall of Fame that you have mentioned. But before the Super Bowl game, uh, we the team traveled to Santa Monica for a weekend of surf and turf, so to speak, you know, where, where we uh, we kind of add football, we, we kind of consume, we watch a lot of film, and, and we, we felt that going into that, we realized that if we perform at our very best, we had a good chance to be successful in, as a team, and that turned out to be the case. 
Curly, you were a key figure in that surf ball. Hank and the defensive coaches, of course, slid you to nose tackle to go head-to-head with Minnesota's Hall of Fame center, Mick Tangeloff. You had almost uh-huh. a 40-pound edge on Tangeloff, and he couldn't handle you. How did you feel about that matchup heading into the game? Well, you know, um, you know, I felt great going into the game knowing that, that I was surrounded by my teammates to help matters if I, if I needed help. And the fact that the weight differential between me and Mike Tinglehoff, I think the advantage is probably swayed probably to my side a little bit. But the coaches prepared as well for that contest, and the only thing that I had to do was go out and play the game to the best of my ability. And so it was an exciting game to be a part of, and I cherished the moments shared with the teammates to become the Super Bowl champs. It was an outstanding feeling. You know, this, that was my second year in the, you know, in the hall, in the, um, and that's the football league. So it was a very special time, a special period in my life. I mean, we yeah. got close a couple of times with, with the Houston Oilers, but that was the only uh, Super Bowl championship game. You know, both the Packers and Vikings said that they'd never seen a team as big as the Chiefs in those two Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, they, we had a we had a great team. I mean, with their offensive line was huge, tall guys. You know, like you know, Mo Mormon, uh, Jim Tyre, uh, uh, Ed Buddy, and uh, who's the other Dave. Uh, his name Dave Hill. So they were tall and good and good and good weight. And so you know, uh, Hank had that philosophy that the offensive line would stand up, you know, and then the, Lenny would call the play, and then they stand back down to give a distraction for the defense. And then on defense, we had that that thing called the triple, where we would slide one way or the other depending on the offensive formation. And oftentimes, I ended up over Mike Tinglehoff. I think a lot of people think that well, we I was zoned in on the center, but I don't really I don't think that was the case. I think what happened is that because of what was called in the, in the defensive huddle, that basically shifted me to be on the notes, and and we had a good a good time with it. When you win the Super Bowl in, in your second year as a player, uh, I, I would think there's probably a tendency to think, oh, man, this is this is great. You know, we win championships <laughs> year after year after year, and it didn't quite work yeah. out that way. Were you like that? I mean, as a young kid, would you think, man, this is we're going to just win forever and did it, how long did it take before you realize this is really hard to, to win this thing? Well, <laughs> very quickly. I mean, was, you know, I had an opportunity, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of those gentlemen that were on the team with me, they played in Super Bowl One, and I wasn't part of that. And they knew that they would cherish those moments and play the best of your ability because you never knew when that opportunity would come again. So it was, uh, it was a great, great experience, and I enjoyed it tremendously. We're speaking with Hall of Fame defensive tackle Curly Culp on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Curly, those 69 Chiefs, th- that defense, that was terrific. I mentioned five Hall of Famers, the last defense mm-hmm. to lead a league across the board in all four major statistical categories, run, pass, total, and scoring defense. And yet, you know, what? You, when you hear people talk about great defenses, you talk about the Steel Curtain, 85 Bears, 2000 Ravens, but they almost never mentioned that defense um how good was it where does it belong in in history and and why don't people think more about it uh than they than they do why don't they talk more about that defense than uh other on the other ones uh, 85 bears you know i don't i don't know ryan but uh, the record we accomplished as a team that year was great and to be a part of that history makes me feel very special and we had a great group of athletes, and the uh, the Chiefs organization put it together. And so we just had to go out and perform. We had, uh, you know, guys on the team that we messed well together and played 
you know, great as, as a team offensively, defense and special teams. We had some a lot of specialists on that team and we and we and we, you know, we did well. Well, I, I, a question I've got for you because Rick and Ron are on the phone here, and, and I want to ask you about the uh, the senior committee, which is coming up. Rick and Ron are both okay. on the senior committee, and, and so mm-hmm. th- there are two players we want to ask you about who are front front burner candidates for future senior committee nominations. First, of course, was safety on that Kansas City team, and that's Johnny Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. What was his contribution to that defense that made him Hall of Fame worthy? Well, Johnny Robinson, as you know, he was he was a great leader and teammate. And I think he's deserving for consideration. You know, he was a seven-time All-Pro from the Dallas Texans and Chiefs. And his contribution with the Chief team for over, I guess, over a period of decade was remarkable. And so in my opinion, he's truly worthy for becoming a Hall of Famer and joining others from the Chief team in the Hall. Johnny was a he was a spark he was a spark plug in the, in the uh, on the offense, and he kind of you know basically kept us on the same page, play after play. Colonel, the other guy we want to ask you about is your former Oilers teammate Robert Brazil, Doctor Doom, like mm-hmm. Robinson. He was no decade selection. Yes. Yeah, he's yet to make yeah. it. The big room is a finalist. He's been waiting twenty year, twenty eight years now. What made him a deserving Hall of Fame candidate? You know, I would love for Robert to become a Hall of Famer. You know, he's, he's a seven-time Pro Bowler, parents, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, 1975, and all NFL Decade Team of the 70s are just a few of his accomplishments, you know. You know, I've had an opportunity to play with Robert and, and with the Houston Oilers and watch him become one of the best outside linebackers of, of his era. You know, he could pass rush, he could blitz, and he had the ability to cover a running back out of the backfield. You know, he was the total package. He also makes the all-nickname team, Dr. Doom. <laughs> Dr. Doom, yeah, wasn't, that's something, isn't it? <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> it kind of stuck, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those Oilers teams of yours, of course, played in the same division with the Steelers. Uh, you finished second to Pittsburgh in 78 and 79. Uh-huh. You lost to them yeah. in the AFC title games those two years. I was at both those games, and I know that they're still arguing about whether or not, uh, I think it was, the Renfro's catch Renfro. should have been touched out or not, you know, and all, all that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. How frustrating was it to be that close twice and not quite be able to get past those Steeler teams? Or maybe well, one time you did and you didn't get credit for it. Yeah, well, you know, it was a difficult pill to swallow, but that's football, you know. In retrospect, the Steelers were a good foe, and we uh, had to be our very best to win. Unfortunately, we did not get the job done. The refreshing and unbelievable event that happened in the Astrodome was remarkable after we lost that game in Pittsburgh when thousands of fans came out to support us. You know, that really stands out as one of the more memorable occasions for me being a, a, you know, Houston or coming back to the city that they filled the Astrodome to celebrate after we lost the contest. How amazing was that, you know? Yeah. I got one one other question for you on on today's today's game, which is – the NFL, as you know now, has limitations on hitting in practice. Mm-hmm. And right. The salary cap has made teams fear contact. So there's really little hitting done during the week in today's NFL. And that's not the case when you played. How was it standing in the middle of that Houston defense in practice and having to face Earl Campbell every day? <laughs> what a question. You know, Earl Campbell was a great running back for the, for the Oilers. And the thing about uh, Bum Phillips, his, I think his philosophy was that the number one defense – and the number one offense rarely had the opportunity to experiment against each other because he wanted to have a full team came game day, you know. <laughs> but to watch Earl practice just as he played was a, was a quality that I could not match. 
he was one of the greatest running backs of his era. Quite a man. Curly, Joe Culp, uh, excuse me, Joe Klecko is another player under consideration by the senior committee. He's attempting to yeah. join you as a second nose tackle mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the game's modern era in Canton. You know, three, three, four defense has been around for the better part of four decades now, but the nose tackle just doesn't garner much love from the committee. What mm-hmm. are the selectors missing at that position? You know, I'm not sure, Rick, but I know this, uh, that the nose tackle position in the three, four defense is critical to the success of that defense. And, um, if you do not have an athlete that can manage the traffic in the middle and on the defense will fail. And Joe Clacko played, I think he played during the same time, same era as I, as I did. And he was one of the best. And I think he should be considered for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One quick question. You were uh, either doomed or honored to play in two of the great rivalries, Chiefs against the Raiders, hated each other. Steelers, yeah. Oilers uh, at that time hated each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Who hated who, who more? Did you, did you hate the Steelers more or did well, you hate the Raiders more? <laughs> well, you know, they, uh, the uh, Chiefs and the Raiders, uh, we had some great contests. And so I don't know if it was a hate thing. It's just that we respected each other tremendously. And we knew that going into – uh, you know, Raider country, or them coming into Chief country, that it was going to be one of those knockdown and drag eyes kind of battles. And we were always at it, had a great time of it. Curly Culp, thanks so much for the time, and thanks so much for the memories. Really appreciate it, Curly. You bet. All right, you bet. Thanks, Curly. That was Hall of Fame defensive tackle Curly Culp. Up next, it's the two-minute drill. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Vince Papali from Invincible, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. An invincible team for sure. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Robert. Some of you know me as Dr. Doom Brazil, and we're on the Talk of Fame Network. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. This is Lynn Swan, and you're listening to Talk of Fame Network.